Teammates, welcome to the Journeys Through Leadership podcast. I am inspired by the 1% who raise their hand to serve and intrigued by their journeys. I created this platform to allow them a voice to share their stories. Leadership is a journey. It has no end, but it starts somewhere. And we will explore the events that shape our members during their journey through leadership. Hello again, teammates, and welcome to Episode 5 of the JTL Podcast. Yours truly, Chief Master Sergeant Denny Richardson, New York State Command Chief, back at you with another episode. During this episode, we will continue to branch out around the great state of New York, and I'm happy to have with us today the Mission Support Group First Sergeant from the 106 Rescue Wing in Long Island, New York. Please join me in welcoming Master Sergeant Jason Williams. Welcome, First Sergeant, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Chief. Glad to be here. All right, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. So um, now Jason, uh, he does this uh, his first sergeant duties and responsibilities uh, part time um, and he's a full time. His full time job is a uh, police officer. Uh, What police force you work? I work for Nassau County Police Department. All right. So these are two extremely demanding roles that will make for an intriguing conversation today. And um, are you ready to kick this off? I'm ready. All right. That sounds good. So. Let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so let's remove the rank. And uh, why don't you tell the listeners, uh, who is Jason Williams? So Jason Williams, I'm, I'm the type of person who, uh, who loves to travel. I love to listen to music, uh, particularly live music, uh, especially before COVID took over and we got stuck in our houses. Um, I love to meet new people. I love to have conversations with people. Um, I'm very, I'm very, uh, curious just about life in general. So that, that takes me in all different types of, uh, directions. Um, I always say that I'm willing to try anything once as long as it doesn't, uh, it's not illegal or it won't seriously hurt me. So, um, but yeah, that's generally who, who I am. All right. Well, great. Thank you for that. So, um, you know, you're, um, your path uh, to to get you here, um, I'm intrigued by that. You know, so you know, let's talk about that path and uh, what came first, uh, police officer or Air National Guard, and um, how did you get to where you are today? So, actually, in the beginning, I like to say I was birthed into the uh, into the military in the Coast Guard Reserves, actually, and um, I was in the Coast Guard Reserves for two years. I got an early release to come into uh, our beloved Air Force, and I've been here uh, ever since. Um, my grandfather, he told me about the Air Force. He was in the Air Force during the Korean War. So that was always something that I wanted to wanted to do. Um, and off the bat, I didn't get the opportunity to join the Air Force, mainly because my recruiter couldn't guarantee me security forces. And then now being in, I'm, I'm like, I realize how rare that is. <laughs> a lot of people are shocked. Like, oh, they couldn't guarantee you security forces? But that's originally why I didn't come to the Air Force uh, in the beginning. Um, so, but yep, I started off in the Coast Guard Reserves, came into the Air National Guard. And then later, several years after being in the Air National Guard, I became a police officer. Oh, wow. So what was your, your passion or motivation for becoming a police officer? Great question. Um, that's... Honestly, I had the, it kind of sounds cliche, but I had a passion to want to help people. And I saw that police, being a police officer is a very immediate way 
to to help people when they're at their their worst. Um, and I also thought it would be something that would be interesting and exciting. And um, people sometimes describe it to having the a front row seat to the greatest show on earth. <laughs> yeah, and it, it has proven to definitely be be that for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can only imagine. Um, that, you know, trying to juggle um, both of these demanding careers of being a first sergeant um, as well as being a police officer, you know. Um, but both career fields, it's all about people. Yes. It, it's all about helping people, uh, you know. So I thank you uh, for your willingness uh, to go out on a limb uh, to help people, whether you're wearing a uniform um, or whether you're, you're wearing your, your police officer uniform. So that's good stuff, man. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> How do you balance uh, these two demanding positions of being a first sergeant and a police officer? Great question. Another great question. So um, as far as the balance, I, I learned over the years that I had to focus on me. I had to focus on making sure that I was mentally and physically um, healthy and uh, in, in my at my best, basically, so that I, I would be able to actually go out and be able to help people, whether I'm wearing the Air National Guard uh, uniform or doing the police work, um, I realized that I had to be whole when I was going out and, uh, and doing those, those jobs. Um, in the beginning, I did not have a balance, to be completely honest. It, it came out of a necessity for me to find balance <laughs> that I ended up finding balance. Um, because it is easy to get caught up in the mission mm-hmm. um, and taking care of people and sometimes at your, at your own detriment. So um, being intentional, I, I would say, is, is how I've learned to, to tackle that balance. Intentionally setting time aside for spending time with friends and family and, and work. So when I'm in that space, I, I try I'm not always good at it, but I try to be uh, present, hmm. you know, in, in those in those spaces when I have those opportunities. Wow, intentional. Yes, that's important. <laughs> you mentioned family, so you're a family man. Yes, yes, I am. So, um, so I don't have any children of my own yet, uh, but I have uh, still nieces, <laughs> right? <laughs> at this time, right? Um, I have I have nieces uh, that I spend uh, spend a lot of time with. Um, I have a younger sister who I, who I spend time with and, um, and I, and I try to get them to see a a broader world, you know, from when I was growing up necessarily, you know, so I try to expose them to the different, different things that are, that are out there that I didn't learn about really until I became an adult and got to travel and, and have different experiences and things like that. So, um, that's another thing I'm intentional about is with them um, is to get them outside of uh, the box and mm-hmm. thinking outside of the box to have different experiences to pull from that they can take on into their own lives. Oh, wow. That, that's good stuff, man. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Um, how many years you been serving in the military? So I'm at uh, 15 years. Wow. And how long have you been a, a police officer? I've been a police officer since 2009. Wow. Yep. So the first sergeant thing is, um, as I said earlier, is a is a part time thing. Uh, what was your um, other career field in the military? So I'm security forces by trade. It kind of goes hand Ooh. in hand with the the go <laughs> with the uh, with the, the civilian job. Um, so it it was 
it wasn't easy to leave. You kind of you get used to a certain certain type of job. You get used to the people. Mm-hmm. I would say even more so. Uh, you build those relationships, and um, the first sergeant uh, opportunity had come along more than once, and um, they actually say this in the first sergeant academy, like, you're a first sergeant before you have the diamond. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the diamond kind of makes it official, um, and, and I could say that was certainly the case for me. I've always been uh, the type of uh, wingman or, or even a, a leader that just genuinely cared about people. Hmm. And um, and wanted to to help people and would go out on the limb, you know, and, and try to make make things happen if I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was initially reluctant to leave security forces to go and, and do the first sergeant thing uh, for those reasons that I mentioned earlier. But it, it has definitely turned out to be a, a, a great decision. Wow. So. Oh, good. Thanks for that, man. I appreciate it. So. There has been a lot of opinions and conversations um, about racial inequality in our country. Uh, you being a black male, a police officer, and a mem- member of the military can bring intelligence um, and not ignorance uh, to this conversation because of your experiences. So why don't you give us your perspective um, on this topic, and what do you think we can do uh, to move forward? So this has definitely been something that I've been having conversations with uh with people about more often than than in the past mm-hmm. um and and I think it it boils down to having um honest conversation honest open dialogue uh amongst each other where people can feel free to actually share how how they feel they can feel like um they can share their experiences um, and then also just a genuine curiosity on how other people are living. You know, how is your your neighbor who doesn't look like you or your wingman who doesn't look like you or come from the same place that you come from? What are their experiences like? Have you ever asked? And um, I, in my own, in my civilian job, we started having these conversations over the last couple of months. And that sparked in me the idea to bring it to the 106 mission support group and we got the um the approval from our commander and we started having what we called uh, diversity and inclusion um conversations mm-hmm. and we got people together and we kind of set the stage where we were saying you know this is just a conversation this is uh informal um but we're creating a space where we want people to be uh comfortable to share their thoughts, share their feelings, share their experiences, um, and just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what we did, and we we ran it for a couple of months, and we got uh, almost the entire mission support group uh, to participate in it. And we started oh, wow. with the with the leadership, um, which that was it was very interesting. The first conversation, and I learned things that from um, experiences of the people who I work with all the time that I would have had no idea about had we had, <laughs> had not had this conversation. And it, and it was the same. It ended up being the talk of, of uh, the, the group for, for some time, <laughs> just people talking about the realizing that, um, like, they see me in my uniform, for example, uh, but they don't realize that I also have dealt with discrimination or something like that mm-hmm. because I... I guess it's easy to 
to to look at, I, I guess, when we're wearing a uniform and we're in those kind of spaces, is like, okay, well, you're an exception. Like you don't mm-hmm. you don't fall into that category or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were having these conversations, we got to share, and everybody got to share. Um, like, well, these are these are my experiences. Like, I'm the guy who works with you all, all the time. I'm the guy who you know went down range with you, um, and, and these are. These are my experiences, and I and I think when it comes from someone who you know, who you have a personal connection with, it it changes things. Yes. So that's why I, I feel like if we did have more conversations, um, open conversations where people didn't feel like they were gonna get canceled, <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> right. or what have you, then um, it could be a mutual, mutually beneficial conversation Mm. and then also taking that information that we got from from those um those conversations with each other and taking real action about uh, you know on it Mm. taking tangible action on it um rather than it just being uh lip service as as they say where you have these conversations people like "Mm, that was interesting (laughs) and then you know nothing ever happens Mm. happens from it yeah no, it sounds like you guys have a uh, have a good thing going down there at the 106. So that's phenomenal that you were able to bring um, all the mission support group together. And um, to get buy-in from the leadership is huge uh, when you're trying to, to build something like this as well. So, and, you know, when you bring people to that table, you need folks from all walks of life in order for it to, you know, to work, right. to have those conversations. You know, you just can't have... African-Americans and Latinos, you know, in the room when you talk about diversity and inclusion, you Absolutely. have to have it, you know, the white males and the, the females. You need to have folks from all walks of life to be in there if you want to make a difference, if you want to make change to keep those healthy conversations going. So sounds Absolutely. like that you and your leadership team down at the 106 uh, rescue wing ha, um, has doing is doing just that. So, so I applaud you uh, for your efforts, and uh, you're absolutely right. You know, now what information is going to come out of that? What tangible changes can we make from having these conversations? So, but I can tell you one thing that you're doing is that you're you're bringing, um, you're keeping that communication lines of communication open, um, and you're creating a respectful environment. Because anytime we can get together and talk about our differences in the same room and, and have everyone come out and shaking hands mm-hmm. and uh, looking at a person, you know, um, you know, looking at a person differently, but more respectfully, because now they comprehend or understand where that person is coming from. So, so good stuff coming out of the 106, y'all. So, <laughs> you know, coming right, coming right from Jason Williams. So, this is this is good. So, thank you, Chief. What challenges have you faced um, as a black male in the military or civilian? Uh, um, I, I think I probably ex- have experienced some of the same things that that black people have experienced in, in America. Um, one thing that I shared when we were when I was involved in the session was I bought a house not too long ago, a couple of years ago, and uh, we were at the closing table and a room full of lawyers and real estate agents and things like that. And the person who's selling the house to me, he, um, he says, oh, one of, one of the neighbors asked me, who am I selling the house to? And he was like, yeah, and I told him I'm selling it to some, some black guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I, obviously everybody's ears kind of perk up, like, all right, where's he going with this? <laughs> and I can see his wife is like nudging him, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you about to say? Um, and he says, he goes on to say, um, well, but I told him he doesn't have to worry 
because he's a police officer and he's in the military. And it made me, at the time, I, we all kind of just awkwardly chuckled and were like, okay. And then, um, but afterward, I've had time to reflect. And just thinking about it, um, if I weren't a police officer, if I weren't in the, in the military, what would that have meant? Would the house had not been for sale anymore? You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. And it also reminded me, like I've seen articles and things like that about those kind of situations where um, you go into a certain neighborhood to try to buy a house that you can afford and you want to live there, and then all of a sudden it's no longer you know, available. And then they do like this switcheroo where they send someone else who looks different in there and then it's for sale again. Um, so those kind of things. And then I, I, one thing that's unique to being a black police officer, um, like I carry a gun most of the time, even when I'm not at, at work. Like that's part of the um, that's part of it. <laughs> so but I'm constantly thinking and I'm not sh- and, and having conversations with some of my coworkers. They don't have the same kind of thoughts, but like I'm constantly thinking, is my gun showing when I'm out and I'm in my regular clothes and wow. stuff like that? Yeah. Like that's a constant thought. I'm always I'm pulling down my shirt and things like that, and um, I'm worried about like oh if I'm out you know somewhere with somebody call the police on me you know what that would look like. That I play those scenarios mm-hmm. in my head, and there has been scenarios of black police officers in New York City in particular. Um, that were taking police action, like stopping a crime off duty mm-hmm. and have been shot and killed, you know, and they're because of mistaken identity. Mm. Um, so those kind of things uh, run, run through my mind. And I, and I feel like, um, well, I know from having conversations that mm-hmm. those aren't always uh, thoughts that go through other other people's minds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, it, you know, that's that's why we need to have these conversations, you know, because uh, folks need to understand, you know, just understand, that, you know, sometimes, you know, the, how you see things your, through your lens is going to be different through the lens, you know, of, of other folks as, you know, as well. So, mm-hmm. so thank you very much for sharing that. Greatly appreciate it. No problem. Man, you're doing a lot. You're busy. <laughs> you're extremely busy. So how do you keep yourself motivated to continue to serve? at a high level? Um, it, it really boils down to believing that, um, believing that I can affect positive change um, and believing in the, the potential um, of the organizations that I'm, that I'm a part of and, and the mission that we're, um, that we're setting out to do. That's, that's really what what motivates me um, to continue to just to show up and to really mm. put my uh, put my my heart into it. Um, just the belief that yeah, it could it could improve, it could get better, and that I could play a, a role in making those those things um, better and trying to make a difference. Right. You know, so so you said some powerful words there: you know, positivity and potential. You know, that's uh, that's huge uh, when we're trying to uh, to move forward, um, you know, not only as a military organization, but trying to move forward as society as well. So. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. 
What advice uh, would you give uh, to younger members uh, looking to follow in your footsteps, uh, whether it's uh, you know, military, uh, first sergeant, security forces, or civilian police officer? I like to say to always be ready. And I was actually having this conversation. Um, I'm on the COVID mission right now, and I was having this conversation with a soldier at, at one of my sites about um, developing the person beneath the uniform. Like, you know, focusing on who you are, like we all have to hang this this uniform up someday. And like, who who will you be when um, you're no longer, you know, Sergeant so-and-so or, you know, Lieutenant so-and-so or whatever the case may be? Who 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 is that that person going to um, going to be? So and to do that, you have to invest in yourself, like mm-hmm. in your education, Um go after whatever it is that you that you want like don't be don't be afraid to um challenge the status quo um you know don't set the bar low because you think that's attainable rather you know set it high and then take those steps to to reach those um those dreams that actually scare you Hmm. I've I've seen it. I think a meme or something like that. Like if your dreams don't scare you, then you're not dreaming big enough yes. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, but I would say always, just always being prepared, always being ready. Um, you never know when the opportunities are going to present itself, and you don't want an opportunity to be staring you in the face, and you're not ready, hmm. and you got to get passed up. Hmm. Um, so I think that's one thing that I've done through my career is like making sure I have all my ducks in the row and when the opportunity is presented itself like now it's it's up to me to decide whether I'm going to jump on it or not rather than um having to play catch up or you know having a a sad face because (laughs) you know I didn't get didn't get what what I wanted so I try to always be prepared and that's always my um my recommendation to to other people wow um and then as far as just in the police space, like before I was a Nassau County police officer, I was a police officer in the city of Atlanta in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um, in those kind of jobs, like sometimes they don't hire. The job that you want doesn't always hire you at the, at the right time. <laughs> so, um, and that was my situation. So I'm from Long Island originally, um, and I applied to all the jobs in the area, and I happened to apply when I went to Georgia to visit my grandparents, and that was the first job job that called me, and I went. You know, and I, I it was always in the back of my mind whether or not I would come back mm-hmm. to New York, um, and ultimately I, I, I did. Um, but I would say also just not being afraid to get out of your comfort zone. I guess it would that would fall into into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because Long Island at the time, that was all I knew before I left. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily enthusiastic <laughs> about going down there. I, I was kind of optimistic. Um, but it ended up being a, being a great move. I enjoyed my time while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yep, ultimately ended up coming back. Wow. Man, that was a lot of advice, uh, yeah. you know, in that segment there. So, man, that's good stuff. I learned something as well. So, you know, I got one thing. One thing I'm stealing from you: uh, develop the person beneath the uniform. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think so, I think we're gonna uh, share that throughout the uh, rest of the podcast. So, yeah, that's good stuff. So, and um, another thing that you you stated um, that I always say is, um, you know, comfortable. Uh, with being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how we grow. That's how we develop. That's how we move forward. So 
Um, so thank you for sharing that. Appreciate you, man. No problem. Closing comments. So um, what closing thoughts, uh, message uh, would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, I, I think um, I'll pull back from uh, some of the things that I, I mentioned earlier, which is um, don't be afraid to, to dream big. Don't be afraid to go after um, what you want. Uh, be curious about people. Be curious about the people around you. Be curious about, uh, about life in general. Like Get out there and, and try to learn as much as you can about, about as much as you can. Um, and, uh, yeah, and always just, uh, just try to be prepared for, for anything that may, uh, that may present itself to you. Outstanding. Well, I tell you what, Sergeant Williams, I am extremely proud to be sitting across the table from you. Um, and thank you for coming um, this way um, and being courageous um, and, and speaking you know, your mind and sharing your message. Um, and thank you for what you do in keeping uh, the conversations uh, alive and respectful. It's greatly appreciated. So, well, teamies, episode five uh, is one for the records. And once again, we have to thank the first Sergeant Williams uh, for being here for his transparent dialogue today and providing listeners with details uh, about the balance of uh, life as a civilian police officer, a military, uh, military first sergeant, and also a family man. Thank you again uh, for keeping the discussion alive, and hopefully uh, this will help others stay engaged by having those respectful conversations. Much respect to you, my friend. Thank you very much, Chief. Thanks for having me. Teammates, another su successful recording session complete. As always, a shout out to the person behind the scenes, keeping us organized and on point, Mrs. Jackie Lyons. Thank you very much. Until the next JTL episode, I leave you with a quote from the great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I quote, every man must decide whether he will walk in the light of creative compassion or in the darkness of destructive selfishness, end quote. Diversity and different mindsets are a strength, but far too often it is used to divide. Respect and embrace each other's differences and keep aiming high, teamies. Until the next time, Chief out.